0: All right. Today potentially could be short and sweet. That's the goal. I don't know if it'll actually happen, but that's what we're going for. Today we're talking about growth. Everybody say growth. All right. Um I'm gonna need a little bit of help. So are y'all with me? Yeah, okay. Good, good, good. So we wanna talk about growth. Um I feel like as a church we've been in a season of Um, kind of hibernation, if you will, regarding growth, okay, Um, the winter has come, the bears have gone and gone to sleep, but I feel like spring is coming, if you will, both physically and spiritually, and um, so that's what we're talking about today, we've been in a season of pruning, we've been in a season of internal growth, where the Lord's been putting his finger on things as a church body, where, hey, you need to shore this up, hey, work on this, fix this. Focus on this. Before I allow growth, I want you to shore up these things. It's kind of what we felt like the Lord's been saying really since last August, maybe even before that, just a touch, but around that time frame. And so all of last semester, the only thing we focused on was love, community, and team, right? That's, that's the main goal that we've been working on, and we're still working on those things, pushing on those things. But I feel like the Lord's saying now we can push forward for growth, too. Amen? Amen? So I'm ready. Come on. I don't know if the Lord does this for you guys or not, but a lot of times when he tells me something, when he like lays out a path or a plan, he'll give me the the first building block and he'll wait and see what I do with it. And if I'm obedient to say yes to that first building block, then I, it's like, it's like Noah. He didn't know what he was doing, how to build this boat, but God said, go get these logs. And so he got the logs and the next step, he started cutting them and the next step. Right, so I don't know exactly how that works, but that's how I imagine it work. God gives one piece, and if we're obedient to do the one piece, then he shows up for the next piece. Right, anybody else have that experience with the Lord? A couple nods, okay. So that's how it's been for us with the church as well, is we don't fully understand his big picture, his big plan, but we feel like he said, if you'll do this with all of your heart, then something else will happen. So then we'll give it all we got, like crazy, and then something else will happen. So... That's what's happening right now. next piece is growth. So um, over the past, since we started the church, obviously the fourth pillar of the church is rescue. We've done a lot of outreach. You guys have done a lot of outreach. You have pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, inviting people, drawing people in. I remember the very first outreach, all of our outreaches have have been like that. The Lord would speak something and we'd say, okay, yes, we're going to jump on. We're going to say yes. And um, there's a story in 2 Kings 3, where Elisha comes to the king, and he says, the Lord says, shoot arrows out the window. you remember this story? And then he says, take the arrows and hit the ground. So the king hits the ground, and the king hits the ground three times. And Elisha gets mad. He's like, man, what's wrong with you? You idiot. You fool. Why did you only hit the ground three times? And the king's like, what in the world are you talking about? You said hit the ground. I hit the ground. What's the big deal? But Elisha understood that when the Lord says to do something in the natural, it has spiritual effects that we don't understand and we can't see and we don't get. But if God says jump, I want to jump to the roof if I possibly can because I don't understand why he's telling me to do it, but I'm going to do it with all my heart. And so in that story in 2 Kings, Elisha said, If you would have hit the ground six or seven times, then the kingdom of Israel would have been strongly established and defeated its enemies six and seven times and been forever established. But because you only did it three times, you'll only defeat your enemies three times, and then will come ruin. Okay? Super paraphrase there, but that's the gist of it. So for me, that story hits home. And oftentimes, when I feel like the Lord says do something, even if I have no idea why he says do it, I'm like, okay, jump as high as I possibly can. I don't have a clue why, but I'm going to jump, okay? And I want you guys to be the same way. But as far as the church goes regarding outreach, we have done that. You have done that very well. So I'm going to go back through some of the outreaches that we've done. When we had just started having dinner in our house before Sunday mornings had started or long before our prayer services even, um, We just had a very, very small handful of people having dinner at our house, and the Lord spoke to Rachel, and he said, um, I'm going to pin it on her here and go, the Lord spoke to Rachel very clearly and said on November, I don't remember the date, 22nd or something like that, you need to have an outreach, and the outreach needs to be at the public library right by your house. And you need to invite everybody around the whole area and focus it on, I'm getting a little elaborate here. I took, I, then I took over what she heard, and I went from there. But I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. What do you want to say? Um, reach out to everybody. We, basically, we did this outreach where it was this, there's more to life than success. Because our, our house is in a really nice area, you know, and so we're targeting that group of people. And there's more to life than success and we're gonna have this night where we discuss those topics so we had a video of Tom Brady talking about how he'd reached the height of sports and was empty and felt like there was just something in his life missing he couldn't figure out what it was we had Ted Turner talking about how he had reached the height of industry with CNN and felt like there was things lacking in his life and he didn't know what it was then we had uh, e- each of us, we're going to stand up and share a little testimony of how we thought life was about this, and we went for success, and we found great success, but then it was empty in the end, and the Lord was the only one to satisfy, right? So raise your hand if you're there. Like just Homero, we, you guys were there? Bob and uh, Rachel and I and a few others. Man, the Lord said jump, so I jumped. Homero and I handed out hours and hours' worth of door hangers we passed out 1700 door hangers i walked mile after mile after mile after mile all the neighborhoods around our house my whole neighborhood all these others and it was weeks in the making of passing out these things and i'm thinking okay statistically 1% probably will come something at least you know 17 people are going to show up to this thing we did 1700. It's going to be a great night. The weather was great. There was no trouble anywhere. The night comes. We've been praying and asking God to show up. And I'm thinking, people are going to get saved. This is how we're going to start the church. Here we go. And so the night comes. And that morning, it's like 65, 70 degrees. Beautiful outside. Sunny. The, the sun is out. And then that afternoon, everything turns. And over the next six hours, it goes from gorgeous skies to the most miserable, nasty, disgusting, awful weather you could ever hope for. So it went from like 65 down to like 17 degrees with a crazy strong wind, and it was miserable. Nobody wanted to be outside. And so we all show up at the library that night, and we're like, Well, I don't understand this, Lord. You surely could have waited a couple hours for this to happen. But here we are. It's miserable. It might be icing outside soon. Let's go for it. So we show up to the library. We're kind of looking around, like, all bashful and shy and scared and excited, but also scared. And we're looking around like, you think, they're, you think they're here because of this? You think? So we're, like, pointing at people and kind of brainstorming. So, okay, let's go through the library and just kind of see if anybody's here for the outreach. So we go through the library. Nobody's there for the outreach. We wait, like, 15 minutes past when it's supposed to start. We're like, okay, let's go on into our gigantic room that we've reserved for ourselves. We go into this big, big room. And uh, guess how many people came? A big, fat zero. But you know what? The Lord said do an outreach, and by golly, we did an outreach. (laughs) We still got up. We showed the videos. We shared our testimonies. We were encouraged in the Lord. We went for it. So the next day, I'm talking with the Lord, and I'm like, so remember that time you told us to do an outreach? And uh, zero people came? you remember, huh, 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 and he's like, yeah, I remember, okay, cool, so you want to say anything about that, and he's like, no, (laughs) like, and then he finally, he finally speaks, he says, look, I knew nobody was going to come, I just want to see if you'd obey what I asked you to do, It's like, oh, I see how it is, okay, cool, (laughs) well, are you happy, because we went for it, We, we really went for it, we obeyed like crazy, that was our first outreach, okay, there was a series of other ones like that. We started our Sunday morning service. Again, I felt like, Lord, why in the world are we starting a Sunday morning service? Felt like the Lord said to you. We had like, you know, 15 people. And he said, go start at MacU. So we went to MacU, and it was right around move-in day. So, man, we went for it with move-in day. We made these gifts for every single dorm room. Every person moving on campus got an awesome gift from us with our little sticker and all sorts of goodies inside of it, and we helped move their stuff all day long. We had the shirts on. We're, man, we were slaves to these kids, to these college students, and it was a fun day. We had a great time, and we're thinking, man, great launch to the church. Here we go. This is going to be awesome. We did that outreach. Honestly, not much, not much fruit from it. Later on, um, we got moved to this place over by Panera. We move in there, and I felt like the Lord said, um, You might catch a pattern as we go on through. I felt like the Lord said, reach out to all of this neighborhood. Invite the whole, this neighborhood, basically like diagonal and next door and behind and across the street. This immediate neighborhood, invite all of them to church. I want you to go door to door and pray and ask them, is there anything you can pray for? Any way Anybody need healing? Anything like that go door-to-door, door and uh, let's see what happens. So we made little gifts, little chip clips, and we so we went door-to-door door. for months. We've knocked on doors, hours every day, and we would give a gift. Hey, we're from this church. We just moved in. Want to give you this gift. Hey, man, is there anything going on in your house so we can pray for? Anybody sick that needs prayer, we'd love to pray for you. We prayed for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. We saw quite a few healings. I think we saw salvation during that time. I can't remember. But man, we went for it. We passed out 1,500 invitations to church. And guess how many people came? A big fat zero. You guessed it right. Zero people. So again, I thought, Lord, I'm catching on to a pattern here. What's going on? But he said to do it. And as, I mean, that is the Christian life when it really comes down to it. How much are you going to obey what you feel like the Lord says? So we we're determined. We we're going to obey. We move over here. The Lord brings us into this, this place, and he says, I want you to love the heck out of these apartments right across the street. And I want you to invite all the people around to church. So every single house from, from here to Santa Fe all the way up to 12th Street has received an invitation to this church. <laughs> That took a lot of time. There was a lot of prayer walking. There was a lot of crying out to the Lord. And we did outreach after outreach after outreach after outreach at the apartments. Right? I mean, you guys were amazing. Those are the most fun outreaches. We brought hot dogs. We brought inflatables. And we just loved people. That's what the Lord said. just love the heck out of people. So we did. People getting saved. Um, inviting people to church. Man, it was some great nights, you know? And at the end of the day, we obeyed really well. As a group of people, as a body, as a church, you guys have obeyed the Lord very well. I can't say that there's a whole lot of fruit from any of those things. I don't know that you can either, because there's empty chairs next to you right now. (laughs) But don't we know, don't we believe, that when the Lord says to do something in the natural, there's spiritual things that are taking place that we can't see and understand. Amen. So that's a principle that he laid out for us, and we must stand on those principles, okay? Um, I heard this story of Rachel's parents' church. It's a big old church up in Springfield, Missouri, and the pastor's name is John Lindell. Great guy, amazing teacher of the word. We admire him a whole lot. Well, in his 30s, he was a pastor. They had started a church, right? Or was he pastoring? He, He was a pastor of a small church in Kansas City. I'm pretty sure he was starting it. Anyway, they were there for a few years, and you know what? He called 17,000 numbers out of the phone book, inviting them to church. <laughs> the Lord said, invite the city. And so he did what he knew to do. He opened the phone book. It was in the 80s. And he literally went through 17,000 phone calls inviting people to his church. You know how many people came to his church? A big, fat zero. <laughs> zero people came to his church. Years later, he ends up in Springfield, starts pastoring this, like, 200-person church, and the Lord just pours his favor on it. You know how many people he pastors currently today? Over 17,000 people. Isn't that crazy? There's things that we don't understand, right? I don't have a clue how any of it works, but when the Lord says jump, I'm going to jump as high as I possibly can. And you guys have proven yourselves in the exact same way. When the Lord says go for something, you have gone for it unbelievably well. And I simply could not be more proud as your pastor of the way that you've said yes to God. So way to go. So now in this next season, again, I feel like the Lord said it is growth time. It is time to move forward. Let's go for it. But not so much in the traditional ways that we have so far. But this time I really feel like it's going to be an organic growth it's going to be a family growth. It's going to be a friendship growth. And it's going to take a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but it's going to be a real growth. And I think in this next season, we're going to get to start to see who the church really is. Like as, as it grows up and becomes what it's intended to be, we're going to start to see that in this next season. Anybody else feeling that? A couple people. So, amen, hallelujah, yes, Lord, everything. Okay, let's go through some scriptures real quick. Um, what's God's attitude about reaching out? Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through twenty. The Great Commission. It says. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this is the very last thing Jesus shared with his guys. Guys, go! Get going! Adios! Go tell people, go bring them in, go draw them into a relationship with the Father. That was his attitude. That was his lasting encouragement. Get going. Don't be comfortable. Don't just sit there and do your thing with me. Go tell people and draw them into me. Matthew 22, 1-14. This is the parable of the wedding feast, and it says that the great king, he had a a wedding coming up, and he had prepared a great feast, and he invited all of his friends, and his friends kept giving excuses of why they couldn't come, and they decided not to come. So he tells his servants, get out the door, go find everybody you possibly can, go to the highways, go to the alleys, go everywhere you can, and draw people in, because I want them to experience this amazing party that we're about to have. That is God's attitude regarding reaching out. He wants everybody to be involved. Amen? 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is God's personality. That's His desire, is that nobody perishes. Everybody in the whole world gets to enjoy fatherhood with Him. Amen? When Jesus was doing outreach type stuff, what was his MO? What was his attitude? Jesus was bold. He was powerful. He was, con- he was on a mission moving forward, advancing the kingdom of God by telling people how amazing his daddy was. Everywhere he went, he was pushing forward. He was unashamed. He was clear. He was loving and yet uncompromising. That's how Jesus was. And that's how he told his guys to be. Matthew five fourteen through sixteen. Jesus said, "You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a light, uh, light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everybody in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven." So Jesus is telling the guys, I want you to be bold and brave and strong and let people see who you are in God. And as they see those things, my God will be glorified. All right? That was his constant focus, his constant message. Don't be comfortable. Don't sit in your own little place okay with God. Get out there. Go and invite people to be in relationship with him. The parable of the sower talks about the four seeds and how this man is sowing in the four different soils right you know what we don't notice in that in that parable we don't notice how the parable how the sower has a a limited amount of seed we don't notice how he is careful and strategic about where he places his seed what we see is this greek word it's called ekbalo ever say ekbalo. ekbalo say it louder ekbalo Ekbalo is a forceful word. It's a strong word. It's a sending out word. We see the sower grab into his bag without care of where, how much seed he has, or what's going to happen to his seed, and he throws it out. He ekbalos his seed everywhere. And in doing so, some lands on hard places, some lands in difficult ground, but some lands in good ground. But his concern is not where does it land. His concern is getting as much seed out as he possibly can as fast as he possibly can. He ekballos that seed. That is Jesus' desire for us regarding reaching out to people. Matthew 9, 35 through 38, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out ekbalo workers into his harvest field. Here's what "ekbalo" means. It means to bring forth, to cast out, to drive out, to expel, to eject, literally or figuratively, to bring forth, to cast forth or out, to drive out, to expel, to leave, to pull, take, thrust out, put forth out, or send away. Okay, It is a forceful term. And Jesus said, ask the Lord of the harvest to ekbalo workers to get their booties out there and to reach out. Do you know why Jesus told us to pray that prayer? Because we are lazy. We are complacent. We are comfortable in our walk with the Lord, in our lives with the Lord. I personally am lazy and shy and can be bashful at times. Jesus was saying this prayer about me. And about us and about every believer, right? Because he knows our human nature is to be comfortable and to not make any waves and to not, not stand up above the crowd. Just to kind of go with the flow of what's happening around you. But that was not Jesus' mode. That was not what Jesus told us to do or to be. His mode was to be the opposite, to stand up higher in the midst of everything going on, to turn against the flow and to make it known who God is. Right? So, this is Jesus and God's desire for us. He wants us to kick, He wants to kick us out of our comfort zones and to get out there in the harvest fields and start bringing in the harvest of souls who are far from the heart of God. Our lives are meant to be lives to get out of our comfort zones and pull people closer to the Lord everywhere we go. God's MO. Jesus' MO is for you to shine, to proclaim, to be strong and bold everywhere you go. And in doing so, as people see what you understand of who God is, then He is glorified because he's such a great father in your life. Okay? Now, we're going to switch gears. I want you to pull out your phone or your notepad. We're going to make a quick list. I think we are going to be short and sweet. Lucky you. All right, we're going to make a list. Okay? Here's what I want us to make a list of. I want you to write down all the things that you like about this church all the things you like about this church all the things this church has going for it just make as big of a list as you can alrighty you can keep writing but y'all start telling me some of the things I'm gonna write them down up here okay (laughs) I think uh, I could go on for a while a lot longer Just because I'm, I'm oftentimes I'm amazed at what the Lord does through this body and through the team and through you guys, and there's a lot of great stuff going on here. I'm I'm sure not everybody feels that way, but I feel that way. Gosh, there's a lot of great stuff going on here, and oftentimes I feel like, Lord, there's great stuff going on here, thanks to you, but more people need to experience this, because this is powerful stuff, what's going on here, so come on, (laughs) Right? Thankfully, I feel like it's in. let's go. Okay, now, I want to make a list, another list, of what are your reasons for not inviting people. These are all good things, yes? These are all good things to be a part of, yes? So why do we not invite people? Make a list of all the reasons that you don't invite people. On my list, I put, uh, I'm shy. If you've ever seen me at Starbucks, I go into Starbucks for many hours a week, but I go in, I put my headphones in, and I zone out, and I don't talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to say hi to anybody. Honestly, I, if I have the choice, I use my phone to order <laughs> so I don't have to go and say hi to people. I'm bad. I'm really, really bad. I'm a major introvert at times. Um, I'm not too sure what they're going to think about it. I'm too busy to ask. i got too many things going on. I don't have time to, like, get out of my schedule and go ask. Um, I think they're good where they are. And I don't want to invade their personal space. I mean, after all, the big three things not to talk about are money, politics, and religion, right? So don't don't mess it up. Don't sh- rock the boat, okay? Right. Scratch that one off. And we know I love to talk about money, so scratch that one off. Not just religion. Okay, now, I i am going to venture to guess if we dig into all these things awkward fear distance shy good where they are rejection pressure the size of the church the parking lot they're going to be freaked out we don't have enough friends future awkwardness i'm too busy i don't want to invade personal space i'm going to venture a guess that if i really dig into what god thinks about reaching out to people and what he commands me and tells me to do these things are in direct opposition to the heart of god is that true <laughs> yeah, except the parking lot. <laughs> Maybe the size, too. Uh, I don't know. But basically, the size comes out of fear, right? So, these things, all of my reasons, probably your reasons too, when I really get down to it, are direct opposition of the, God, the heart of God in reaching out to people. And so, today, I need to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. You tell me constantly throughout the bible to go and to proclaim and to be bold and to hold my light up bright so other people can see how amazing you are and i wholeheartedly agree that you are amazing i wholeheartedly agree that the things that you do here in the church are amazing there's great things going on i have no excuse not to besides my own sin nature of being complacent and being shy and bashful and not obeying what the lord's told me to do how he's told me to live is that right So that's, for me today, I need to repent. I need to change my thinking. I need to correct the direction that I'm going and turn and make a change in my life. Lord willing, I'll be able to, right? That's a lot harder to do than to say. So, here's how we wrap up. Growth starts with us planting seeds consistently and believing God to bring in the harvest. So we've got to become like the sower, where we have plentiful seed. We're not the least bit concerned about running out of seed. And we're not the least bit concerned about where it's going to end up. we just got to throw it out there. we got to ekbalo. we got to get the seed out there consistently on a regular basis. If we will consistently sow, then the promise and the universal law is that we will consistently reap. All right? If we will consistently sow, his promises, we will consistently reap. And honestly, as we know, it might not always look like what we think it should look like, right? But it's a promise. It's a universal law. If you sow, you will reap. It might not look like how you think it should look, but it will happen, okay? So what seeds can you start sowing? What friends do you have that you think would benefit from getting involved here? Let's just take a quick little, jot these things down, if, if people come to mind. I want you to think about what friends do you have that you think would benefit from getting involved here? What coworkers seem like they need a fresh touch from God? What neighbors do you know that the Holy Spirit's been prodding you to invite? And what are you ultimately afraid of in inviting these people, okay? Do you sound my phone home Turn on just a couple minutes of music. Let's take a quick moment, make a little list. What friends do you have? that you think would benefit from getting involved? What co-workers seem like they need a fresh touch from God? What neighbors do you know that the Holy Spirit's been prodding you to invite? And what are you afraid of? Keep working on your list. I want us to, uh, more than anything, I just want us to recognize the season the Lord's moving us into and keep it before us. Like, the, the rescue pillar is all about keeping before us God's radical heart for those who are far from Him, right, and being radical about reaching those people. And so, on your list, let's repent, let's change our thinking, let's change our way and begin to live how Jesus told us to live instead of what our comfortable selves prefer, what my comfortable self prefers, okay? Um, so we're going to pray for those people consistently. We're going to start sowing into prayer for those people. Then we're going to invite those people. Then we're going to bring those people. It's amazing how that process works. <laughs> pray, invite, bring. And I just want to say it's totally worth it. This last week I was, I was at the Young Adult Community Group, and Macoby and Caitlin were asking everybody, go around and share what's your dream for your life? What do you hope to do with your life? And um, I don't know Larissa and Hannah as well, but the ones that I've known for a couple years, I was just blown away by their dreams in their heart. And I could see a direct thumbprint from the Lord because of what He's been doing here in the church. Their dreams are huge, they're amazing, they're incredible they're gonna change the world (laughs) like they're gonna do amazing things in the kingdom of God and when they get to heaven they're gonna have amazing inheritance and this church is gonna have a great inheritance because of the dreams in their heart because the Lord has used the church to funnel and change and shape some of those dreams right It's so worth it even though it's so small man it's powerful and so good you know so father let's stand up together father we just this morning we agree maybe not every person but for me personally Lord I need to repent for my sinful thinking for my selfish ways I need to repent for my fear I need to repent for my shyness I need to repent for my busyness I need to repent father for not living according to the way that you've told us to live in the scriptures of going out being bold and bright and drawing people into your presence so they can have relationship with you father I repent change my thinking change my ways and as a corporate body we repent as well father change our ways change our direction so that we would come more in line with how you told us to live our lives God we thank you for all the good things that you do in this body we're so incredibly thankful for your presence we're thankful for the revelations we're thankful for the love and for the family and for the community and the miracles We're so thankful for the way that you come and move in this house. God, we want other people to experience all that you do in this place. So would you help us, God, as a body, change our thinking and to walk into this new direction of growth, inviting people in, drawing people in so they can know you and be changed by you as well. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, love you guys. Have an awesome week.